0: David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton.
2: Hello guys. Welcome to another episode. Welcome to another episode of The Break. We are back here in Oxnard, California. How are you guys doing? Great. Awesome. I'm, I'm,
3: I'm awesome. I'm so good.
2: Alright, guys, buckle in your seatbelt because you're in for a great ride over here, okay? <laughs> right, the right, Cowboys had their first preseason game, <laughs> and it was against the 49ers. Um, you know, these types of scores don't matter. It was 17-9, 49ers won, but that doesn't stop fans to start criticizing and start <laughs> talking like, man, this season's going <laughs> to suck. Fire Jason Garrett. He's still here. He's going to be here this whole season. Oh. So stay buckle, hmm. okay? Sure. All right, let's do Damn. it.
3: Damn. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, some somebody's going to get fired. It might not be Jason Garrett. In
2: the middle of the season? I mean, anything every could year. happen. That's true. NFL. But hey. The NFL
4: is a crazy beast.
2: Yeah. Uh, that is true, but in the meantime, he's here and yeah. he's expected to be here. There
3: you
4: go.
2: All right. Okay. So let's go around the table and tell me your standout from the game, Nick. Get it uh, started.
5: Well, <laughs> I've been mean, you know, the guy that I picked that I've been talking about forever had, had a sack in the game, Jalen Jucks. Not that I saw it because I think I was getting something like a snack or something, but <laughs> uh, <it> come, <laughs> but I did I did hear about it that he got a sack um that that would be that'd be kind of easy because i mean he's just a, a rookie playing well let let me let me say i thought Cheeto played well, I liked the what Cheeto did uh, as a starting cornerback he was really aggressive on the ball knocking the uh, the ball down a little bit um i I thought you know we hadn't talked a lot about him, which is probably a good thing as a corner, so Cheeto would be my guy.
3: Dave. Uh, okay. Just, I didn't know which order you wanted to do that. Can I? J- okay, whatever. I could talk about Cheeto played great. I thought Jalen Smith looked awesome. I thought Dak looked really good for, for you know the four plays that we got to see. I don't really care about any of that. Can I just say, it stood out to me how scared I am of the kicker situation for this team. Like that's if I have one takeaway from the game, that's really what I'm dealing with right now because uh, we saw it all last year. We've seen it out here at training camp, and it carried right on over into the preseason game. Brett Maher, three of four, three makes. That's awesome. Thirty-five yard miss. That's terrifying. Uh, so, and and we can get more into it. Like I said, I thought I thought the first team looked awesome. I thought the third team was awful. Everybody knows that if you watched. But man, I I just I don't know, I don't know what they're gonna do about this kicker thing. It's kind of scary. Yeah, there are quite a few guys. I think <clears throat> I assume we're gonna get into that a
4: little bit more yeah. and talk some and talk in depth about the kicker position, but. Uh there were quite a few guys I thought that stood out. Um and it started to me with uh Tony Pollard. Uh just from the standpoint again, he didn't get a lot of carries. But what I loved about what they did with him is uh he had four carries, he had sixteen yards, and all of those carries were between the tackles, and so we got an opportunity to kind of see him working in that kind of capacity. Uh I don't think that was a I don't think that was for any other purpose than for the Cowboys to kind of put it out there that, you know, we might be all right if our twenty one doesn't show up. We might still Did be able to do Did you talk to
3: Jerry Jones after the game? Is mm-hmm. that why no. he is that why he said Tony Pollard is capable of carrying yeah, the whole load? No, I
4: mean like it the whole thing like this whole thing from the beginning, it's been very clear that Jerry's out there talking about the running back position And it's talked about him when they brought in uh, Alfred Morris. They talked a lot about, well, you know, we've been wanting him like we were upset that we didn't get him last year. We think he's very capable. Right. Um, I think all of that is, is playing into this whole thing. But what I will say on just on that point, though, is I do believe that they at least publicly think that if they had to enter the season, they might be okay at running back with. Pollard and the mashing Whoa. together of those other guys. And I will say this I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily think that that would be a, a bad premise to take. Now, whether you can stand up 16 games, who knows? But I think for whatever period of games that you would want him in there, bef- in, you know, three, four, yeah. or five games, I think he might be able to be a guy that could be pretty effective running in a lot of different ways between the tackles to the outside, catching the ball out of the backfield. I think he might be able to do a little bit of all of that be a little bit worried about blitz pickup, but other than that, I think he might be able to handle the rest of those roles.
5: Man, what were you about to say? No, that was a that was a long sentence. Um, no, I think whether or not they're they're okay about it or not doesn't matter. I mean, because it is what it is. I mean, who who are they gonna go get? And the only guy that they could really go get at this point, they is he? they got him. <laughs> yeah, they got Alfred Morris. So they are they've already kind of done that. I mean, they might be scared to death about it, but they're not gonna say it. Because if they say it, then obviously that just drives up the leverage for Zeke. So, I mean, but I – I mean, yeah, it was good to see Pollard do all that stuff and run in between the tackles and and that. But, I mean, I don't think this is a situation where they're like, you know what, we might be okay. This team has been built to run the ball with Zeke like that. So, I don't know. It just reminds me of somebody who's going through a bad breakup
3: on, like, Instagram and they're just real open about it and just – I'm doing great. I'm I'm amazing. I'm at the beach. I'm at the gym. I'm I'm looking my new friend. I don't need you. Yeah. Like that's what the cowboys yeah. are doing and I don't buy it. Just like I don't buy it when my friends do that. I'm like, you're miserable. I like <laughs> if you're posting on Instagram six times a day, you're miserable. I'm sorry. That's just how it is. And that's how I feel like the Cowboys are. I you know, I'm I'm excited about Tony Pollard, don't get me yeah. wrong. But like not to the point where I'm forgetting about twenty one. Not there yet, yeah. So and nor nor should anyone including the cowboys. I'm not
4: saying that yeah. at all. I'm saying I feel like they probably are looking at this like okay, if he if he wants to keep holding out, we still know what our budget is. I don't think I don't think they feel like they're pressed to have to do something different than what they've already planned to do financially with him, yeah, and if he wants to show up and and play with that kind of deal, then he will, and if he doesn't, I think they're gonna hold the line and be like, okay, well, we're gonna roll what we got,
5: yeah.
2: Now, based on – I mean, you talked about the first team. Clearly, they had, they got into the red zone. And this is, again, the preseason and all that. But did it bother you or did it concern you in any way that they weren't able to get into the touchdown area and score six points?
5: Uh, you know, I wrote a whole column about that. I, I don't think so. It doesn't bother me yet. I, I'm not at the point to worry about uh, red zone um, or really anything like that because – yeah, everything's vanilla. We know that. Defense is a vanilla, too. I mean, and, and they're not trying to show a bunch of plays down there like that. And then also, uh, what they're built to run the ball and really push the pile, and they don't have that their running back in there to do that. The one thing you can really look at and go, this is something that will happen in the game is snapping the ball, holding it, and kicking it. Like, that is something that, like, Maher is going to be doing that same thing, same play call mm-hmm. in games. And so – if you want to be concerned about that, you can because that's not preseason to him. That's a game, and he's kicking. There's nothing yeah. preseason about it. Yeah, you know, I understand. I understand if fans
3: have concern just because red zone was arguably this team's biggest problem all we'll last year. Fixed. You, yeah. w- you want to see it look better. Yeah, and you know how many they got in there four times. I mean, and they yeah, all the field goals were short range. Yeah, and I, I understand it, but like. No, I'm not bothered either because it's it's not only preseason, but it's the first game of the preseason. Mm-hmm. Like you're not you're not handling that as if as you would if it were the season. They didn't game plan for that opponent. Kellen Moore wasn't calling anything that he wants to use during the regular season. So it would have been fun if they had scored a touchdown. I'd way rather see Brett Maher kick for that exact yeah. reason. He missed one yeah. from 35. I hope he kicks four in all four games. Yeah. On preferably more. I hope he kicks like 20 times in the preseason. Just. From all angles and yardage and distance and everything, just to get a very clear idea of what we're looking at.
2: Now Jerry was asked about the kicker position, and I know you were in on that. What was his response to the whole situation?
3: <laughs> he like I that was my lead off to the show is how concerned I was. Jerry Jones was like, "That's the only way we scored. I feel great about the kicker position." <laughs> He's like, like, "I don't have a different opinion now than I did year. before, <laughs> right?" Yeah, yeah. I would. I was kind of standing there. I was like, good. It doesn't, it doesn't bother you that he missed an <laughs> right. extra point? Basically. I think everybody was
4: kind of like, you were expecting something. You were expecting him to take something different. Like, well, we would have
3: wished that he would have. Yeah. Uh, he was
4: just kind of like, well, I, He's the only one I was okay points. with it. I was, it was good. <laughs> and
3: <Yeah>. to <laughs> this point, I'm not trying to freak anybody out, but I like, that's kind of the organization. Uh, that's their whole attitude. Like They don't seem as concerned about Maher as everybody else does, which, you know, now, take I that did. for what it's worth.
2: I was by someone that works over on the football side, and I heard that person make a comment. It was like, damn, kicker. Just in general, not only this one, but in general, around the guys that are out there in the market right now. And that made me feel like, okay, well, maybe Maher is their best option that they do have right now, and that's why they're sticking to it. You know how you, well, I know you've made it sound like, okay, they got all these kickers. Charted, and and this is the next one, and it's not that far different. But that that guy,
5: that guy that that, that's on the list. I don't know what their names are. Yeah. But I guarantee you, that's I I mean, all of them. They had their moment where they missed a 31-yarder or a 28-yarder or or something that got them out there. And I mean, I know that's Mickey's favorite line. is They're on the street for a reason, but they are. But the thing about it is, too, is is with kickers, it's all about confidence. You know, it's like, do have the confidence? I mean, Nick Folk was a pretty good kicker for a, a lot of years in this league, and the Cowboys had to cut him in 2009 because he just couldn't make kicks right there. He went on and had a career for, I don't know, eight, nine more years. But right then and there, he just couldn't make kicks. And I'm not saying Maher's at that point, but, I mean, if if they have to go get someone else, it'll be someone else that maybe that has, you know, more confidence, but – it's going to be shaky all the way. I mean, well, I mean, it just is.
4: This game was no different than it was last year. He was three or four. He was 75%. He kicked at 80% last year. He missed it, it, the largest uh, percentage of his misses, came 40 to 49 yards. The next uh, largest percentage came at 30 to 39 yards. So that's who he is. That's what he's been. I don't know that that's yeah. necessarily going to change. And that may be what Jerry's point more was, was like, look, guys, this is what we got. Like, this is what we have. And. And we don't think there's anybody better on the street. Mm -hmm. You kind of have to just know that this is what you're dealing with a little bit. You got an 80% kicker, which means Mm -hmm. he's going to make a lot, but he's going to miss some. And some of the ones he misses probably have you scratching your head a little bit. Mm.
2: Now, let's get into two injuries that are concerning because these two guys were guys that were performing well. And they were having a good game. One very unfortunate one is Luke Gifford, who is a guy we've talked about on this show for sure. What is the the update on his injury and what the, what is expected to happen here?
5: Um, I know he had an MRI yesterday. Did not hear. I haven't heard it's about like the an results. Like an ankle sprain. It's a high. high I think ankle. he's got a high ankle sprain. Um, pretty bad one. The fear was a dislocation. You know, right off the bat, and and I was down on the field. I just remember looking at all of the doctors and trainers that kind of ran there, thought, thinking, okay, this was this looks pretty bad, and. and it, it is actually you know i mean a high, even it's a high ankle sprain those are those are tough i mean those yeah. are oof, those are can be 4 to 6 weeks if not more um so we'll we'll see about that um he's going to be here though i mean he's he's on the team Yeah. I, or he's on the team or on injured reserve or something i i yeah. think he's done enough to be like this is somebody we can work mm-hmm. with here he, he made a play right, interception before the
3: nature of the injury raises an interesting question though cuz he's not done for the year but he won't be taking part in the rest of training camp, so what do you do with him? Yeah. Do you put him on injured reserve right now, which ends his season? Like, if you put a guy on injured reserve during camp, he is, it's Cedric Wilson all over again. He's done for the year, can't come back. You could wait until August 31st, which is what I think they'll probably do, is put him on injured reserve at roster cuts. He we he, he would have an an opportunity to bring him back. You can designate two players to return from IR, so... He would start the season on injured reserve, and you maybe see him in October.
5: You know, the question that that I have is, and this is what they're going to have to figure out, is is when you get to August 31st, is you know, where is he? Where is he in the, with his rehab? Is it coming along pretty good? Is it just a few more weeks? And then also you got to look at the roster and go, all right, how is this game going to work for the Giants game, you know? Say we put him on injured reserve and we go and now we have to keep this linebacker here, like a Covington, who's going to be inactive, you know? if that's if that's going to be the case for a few weeks you know maybe he's not on injured reserve well if he's the inactive linebacker yeah, you for you know a few he's
4: going to be yeah. you're going to have one inactive right yeah you that's know. true
3: it's it's tricky too but you know guys like uh you know like a Tyron Smith like he's he's not going to be that big of a part of the, most of these preseason games it's not a big deal to carry a guy like him on the roster, but what do you do with a down-the-line guy? Like, you need guys like Luke Gifford to play meaningful snaps in preseason games. So, Do you need that spot right now? It it says a lot about how much they like him if they just carry their seventh linebacker on the roster hurt for the rest of training camp, you know? And I think that's probably what they'll do because they don't want to risk losing him on waivers, and they probably don't want to shut his season down either. So that's pretty impressive that an undrafted free agent could – yeah. theoretically go two and a half weeks on the roster without that's why you take of
2: advantage it. of these days out here at training camp yeah. i mean he did enough to yeah have eyes on him sure now another guy was cedric wilson who i mean he got a, an illegal hit that, by a safety from the 49ers and it was pretty tough i uh it was a and
4: he hit. was having a pretty good game too He yeah. was a guy that was uh, that was making some plays which wasn't completely surprising because he's had some of those moments out here but he was Probably, I would guess. You guys, tell me what you think. I, I would guess he's probably the best receiver on the day, on the game. If you had to say who, who played, kind of gave you the most plays, I would say was probably him. Would yeah. you guys agree? Yeah, of the back end guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I
5: thought Gallup was awesome in the opening drive, but yeah. yes, it's a yeah. good catch that uh, Wilson made over the middle, and it was a little bit behind him, and he, you know, makes mm-hmm. a, a good play. I didn't love, and you guys, I think all were up there disagreed. I didn't love the ejection there. I didn't think that was a play that needs to be. Rejected from the game, but um, I thought it was pretty dirty. He launched himself, yeah.
3: like he like he, that. He, he lined
4: him up and and then that, went to get him. Yeah. That play, he didn't
5: hit him in the head though.
4: Yeah, that's beside the point. The guy was, I mean, defenseless receiver is not necessarily about the head, Man. you know.
5: I guess I just hate the defenseless receiver thing yeah. when you when you're running a slant over the middle. I mean, I just don't know how you're going to be defenseless. That's hard. You know it's coming. I d- but well, you're defenseless
4: not. because you're you're looking back at the ball and so what they what they're trying to take out of the game and what i think what they've tried what they actually yeah. have taken out of the game is you cannot a guy that's looking back at the ball it's the same thing as on kickoffs or whatever guys looking somewhere else they don't want guys getting lined up uh to basically take the guy out when he's not paying and attention that, to what's happening what, in front of him and
5: that's what jason garrett was talking about the other day a kind of you, know, you know, a walk off and i don't think this was his words exactly but he was just basically saying that if you're not looking like and then you get hit like are we going to are we gonna help you out for being a dumbass? I mean, I don't think he said it he said it just like that, but it's just like you gotta be paying attention. You know? Yeah, no,
4: it's, and it's and, but that's the thing. It's not paying attention as much as it is the ball's coming. So you're kind of looking. You're looking, definitely looking at the ball. So you can't look at two things at one time. And again, this is this was you know we all grew up in a in an with an yeah. NFL where that meant that you were looking back at the ball, and so a defensive back knew I get a free shot on right. this guy. They're taking which, that, they're taking that out of the game. It's just not going to be a part of the game anymore.
3: Good safety play is one of my favorite things in football. Like Ed Reed, Brian Dawkins, like those, you know, Troy Palmalu. love those guys. Yeah. But there's a different like you can put a big hit on a guy going over the middle without like launching yourself at him like a projectile and like actively trying to murder him, which yeah. is what I thought that what, what happened on that play. So I think you can make a hit on a guy. I like I hate if it's a just a good nice hit and you get flagged for it, I hate that. But I I thought that was a dirty hit. So
2: now what's the update on the injury? Last he's time I in, heard he's in concussion, concussion protocol.
3: protocol. Okay. Um, so we'll see. I mean, they're probably not going to rush him, especially not during training camp. They, they can't rush him.
5: So. Yeah. Something I to keep an eye on. i to Hawaii before. Yeah, because he... he probably <laughs> Cause won't he be able to go. Week.
2: All right, yeah. well, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll keep talking about this uh, first preseason game. And, you know, we got a taste from Travis Frederick, and we'll get into how he did during that game.
4: If you're like me and you love. I mean, if you have a. thing, then cutting the cord is scary. But then I found out I could switch to DirecTV now and still get the live sports I love. No satellite needed, no bulky hardware, no annual contract. Just.
0: Get the live sports you love. Try DirecTV Now for $10 a month for three months. Visit Direct DirecTV Now. More for your thing. That's our thing. Use code REALDEAL. Limited time. Price for a limited package. After three months, we news monthly at full price. Currently, minimum $40 and unless canceled. Prices may change. New subscribers only. Cancel anytime. Content varies by package and may be limited. Restrictions apply. You
1: want the most interesting, up to the minute Dallas Cowboys news straight from the star in Frisco? How about exclusive and on command? That's right. News and nuggets you can't find anywhere else. With our exclusive Cowboys content on Alexa, you you can have all the answers, secrets, stories, and more. What's Stephen Jones thinking during a game? What's Joe Looney's favorite pregame meal? We take your questions to Cowboys players and coaches, and you can hear the answers directly back to you. Just say, Alexa, open Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk extra and O's with senior director of player personnel, Will McClay. And of course, with yours truly me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys. And with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today.
0: While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team. When picking a tractor, it's why you should rely on more than just specs and features. You've got to take it out and put it to the test. The Cowboys did when they named John Deere their official tractor. Experience one for yourself. Visit myjohndeerdealercom slash football. Back to the break.
2: Welcome back. All right, so let's just dive right into it. Chavez Frederick, we did see him at center during, uh, with the first theme. Did you guys get a chance to look at him and evaluate and get a little taste of where he's at at this point? I
5: didn't really notice a lot from him. I didn't. But again, that's center is one of those positions where that's OK. I think there was one play right off the bat that he kind of he seemed like a guy got upfield on him. But for the most part, I did OK. He got into the game, and they marched down field and he was okay, and he felt fine
3: afterward. Nine plays against live competition. On to the next one. And I knew he you, would be out there, too. I, I thought for sure he was. <laughs> you,
5: know, you were
4: asking him I some just, questions after the game, and I was standing there when when you did the interview. Just talk a little bit about what he was talking about. Like, you know, sometimes you, you kind of – I guess the questioning was more geared to um, having to, to get back in the flow and what's it like to have to get – but what, what's yeah. the hardest part of that? Talk about what he was saying to you.
3: I was asking him, you know – What is the process like after a year away from the game to where this just kind of feels like muscle memory to where you just sort of know it like in your bones and you're not thinking about it? And Mm -hmm. he was just talking, you know, it's it's a gradual process, which, you know, he made the good point that made me feel kind of silly. He was like, that's that's anybody. Like, obviously, Mm -hmm. it's something that I've got to do coming back from a year away from the game. But You know, you have to kind of reteach yourself that just taking a regular offseason off when you haven't, you know, you take nine months off every offseason. Even OTAs aren't a good substitute for that. So he he was taking me through just kind of the mental aspect of like, okay, I need to be moving this way. I need to be in this gap when there's two guys over here. And honestly, like talking to Travis Frederick about football will humble you real quick because you're just like, oh, my God, this guy knows stuff that I couldn't ever hope to process. And he, and then he has to know it and execute it in about a quarter of a second.
4: And that was the interesting part to me is it sounded like what he was saying was the speed of having to remem- recall and execute was the part that takes a little time to get used to. Like literally making his calls, the speed of being able to realize what his call needs to be and making the call, the speed of realizing, oh, I need to be in this gap and getting there. Like that's the part that he's having to reacclimate himself to. It's not knowing
3: it is the recall and the execution right. in shorter time. Travis Frederick knows more right. about what he's supposed to be doing than anybody. But but, that's but it also
4: tells you how fast that stuff happens, sure. that he's having to adapt to getting faster right. at that. Right. You have
3: to turn it from knowing what you're supposed to be doing to uh,
5: flawlessly doing it right. in a very short amount of time. It's not a physical thing
4: from what well, he was saying. It yeah. felt like more of a, of a mental thing for him that he's having to adjust
5: to. So he definitely needs two more games, don't you think? I mean, a couple more series yeah. in the second game, I think maybe the first half of the third game.
3: Assuming assuming good health for everybody, knock on wood. You remember last year the preseason got totally derailed because Zach got hurt. You want to be careful with Tyron, and all of a sudden nobody's playing in the dress rehearsal because it's not worth it to get your quarterback right. killed. But assuming good health, I think they'll just go on a straight line, like you know, mm-hmm. play the first quarter on Saturday in Honolulu and – Then play after halftime when you get back and then sit everybody for the fourth one. Although, Broadus made the good point. Like, do you consider doing the dress rehearsal now because of travel schedules and all that good stuff? Like, they're going to take Wait, this week in Hawaii? Yeah.
4: The the practice? They're going
3: to take two days off after they get home from Honolulu. That'll give them three days to kind of practice and get their stuff in order. For whoever the who is the is it Tampa? The Houston. last game. Oh, the la- the no, third no, no, game no, the is third Houston. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So Brian was trying to make the point that you don't have a super long week to really get ready for this third game, so maybe it's better to just knock the dress rehearsal out now. But I don't think I don't know if I'm buying yeah, it, yeah, I don't that think they okay. would I mean, do that. Maybe
4: maybe it's not a bad idea, but I don't know that they would
3: yeah. do that. I think you see the starters for the first quarter on yeah. Saturday, yeah. and then yeah. a little bit after halftime on when they play Houston. Right. So
2: now. An area that we said we were gonna be looking at during this game was the defensive line, and Taco Charlton, how he was performing. Some of those defensive ends. Did you notice something that motivates you from Taco during that game? I, Go ahead, Derek.
4: I, no, I thought Taco played okay. I thought his comments after the game were even better. Um, because yeah. the, what the was thing that? about well, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he was like exercising a lot of. Yeah. Just whatever at that moment, like Bank a lot of stuff just yeah, a lot of stuff probably just came out that he's probably been thinking that he hadn't really had a chance to voice, basically what he was saying was look i've I've given up trying to get people's approval um at this point, the way I feel about it is you know I just gotta do what I'm supposed to do, my guy's got my back, I'm gonna keep trying hard, and hopefully everything works out to the you know the best that it can possibly be, but um I don't know I thought it was refreshing to hear him talk like that. And what I about
3: the part where he was talking about how his agent sets the tone. Yeah, yeah well, like you know, to me that was something. to
4: me that was just kind of him pointing to at some point I'm going to be a free agent and if I do the things I'm supposed to do, then I'll still be in control and I'll have the last laugh in all of this.
3: Is the way I took it. <laughs> I mean, you tell me what you guys thought I about it. I didn't I honestly I didn't really understand it. I was like is he talking is he saying like his it. agent's going to help him get a trade or like his agent's going to yeah. help him land. His deal's going to be up here in what another year, two years? Two uh well two seasons if you yeah. count this one. So, yeah. I mean, assuming they don't pick up his option.
4: Yeah, so I mean, I I just think he's probably like, look, I I I can't I can't control what people think of me. I ultimately can just go out and do what I can do on the field well, and was, we'll see what happens.
5: Off the line he said if when I play when I When I play good, people think it's bad. When I play bad, people think it's terrible. Yeah, which is probably
4: true. No, right now part of that is his own doing because he hasn't been great up until this point. You know, hold on,
5: give the fans and everybody a little bit more credit when when he does good, and people people don't think that's bad. Like, so I will what say is this his expectations well, for good? Bro? I will say this. I, I, think, I, I hear- think what he
3: means is, like, when he does good, like, you know, he got a sack the other day, and I was taking video of it, and somebody behind me yelled, finally. Yes. Right. <laughs> like That's the point. <laughs> Not that it's bad, but, like, even when he does well, it's like, <laughs> They Thanks, well, well, <laughs> Thanks he, for showing well, he up. Something. Yeah, yeah it's
4: like, it's just, I don't know. And I, I think even out here, and you, that's a good example, but I think just throughout his play out here, like there have been, been some days he's been pretty good. And I think most people by and large is kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. And I, I just, yeah. he's not going to get the benefit
3: of the doubt is the point.
4: So he's gonna have to play really, really well because he's not gonna get the benefit. No,
3: it's a first-world problem, but I feel you know I feel for him because the only way to win. So does Amber. The only way to win in that situation is to play well. Like that—that's the only way you. And play really well, yeah, Yeah. not just good, great. I I hope it's true that he let that stuff go because like if you follow, if you're on social media and stuff, like you can tell that stuff has gotten to him in the past. Yeah. It's got to be rough for any player. So I hope I hope he's right that he's put that behind.
4: You me. know, that's probably yeah. the first time a lot of these guys have to deal with that because in college, sure. in college, you don't get that same level. Even at schools like yours, where fans are very much involved, you don't get that same level like level mine, of vitriol. like yeah. your Texas. Well, no, like but that. I was I know because you know because you're yes. you're one of those fans for for LSU. But my, I mean, my point is that it's like you don't get that level of vitriol in in college. Like that's also. not that's not what you get. It's not until you get to the NFL where people that are Fans of your team will be like you suck. Usually <laughs> you like know?
3: if you're good enough to be a first round pick,
5: you were a baller at your yeah. college. So, yeah. you know, people aren't hating on you. Yeah,
4: and you can have a bad game in college and people are like, eh, it's all right."
5: You know, it's funny when you go into the locker room after the game and things have changed over the years, but every single one of those guys when you walk in is looking at their phone and I'm sure <laughs> they I'm sure they got a lot of text messages yeah. too. But they're probably looking at at Twitter and looking at their mentions and seeing who's talking about them.
3: I get notifications for half the players on the team. Like, they start popping off before the media is even allowed in. It's like the first thing they do. Um, Some of them, not everybody, but yeah, it's
4: one of them's not here anymore. True. Yeah, (laughs) he was notorious for on the bus just going crazy with his fingers. It's a lot less exciting with Cole not here.
2: Cole, yeah, and his wife.
4: No, she gotta. <laughs> She'll get in there a little bit.
2: <laughs> She'll get in there and defend his man, her man. Um, so, wh- who would be someone else from the D line that you noticed that stood out yesterday?
4: I out Kerry Hyder. Okay, I he played. Yeah. Oh I my God, he, he yep. murdered that yeah. guy. <laughs> I thought he played pretty well. Uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think any of us disagree. I think he's going to be on this team, uh, just a matter of what role he's going to play. I mean, I, I think he's played well out here during practices. And I think he he was good in the game. I so. think
5: the Quinn suspension just kind of solidified his spot to be yeah. here. You know, at least at least for that. You know, for a couple of weeks. Um, and and those other guys. I mean, I don't know if both Joe Jackson and Jalen Jelks can make this team. No, I just don't see where. So right it is. now, if you Jordan's had to pick Armstrong's between, the
3: two, to Where are you going? I think Jelks had the sack, but I think if Jackson. you had if you had to pick right now, I think it would be Joe Jackson. I think he's been better all around. My I, he's opinion. he's one of those dirty work guys. Yeah, like mm-hmm. he can he'll he can play the run. He's he's good in pursuit. You know he hasn't he hasn't been as great of a pass rusher as others, but
5: you well-rounded might, guy. You might have to keep them both. Really, you, you might have to, and then figure something out when you get to the when Quinn comes back. How many D linemen you keeping? Twenty. Well, let's look at it. I think eleven is like that. Have, they eleven
3: have is, the, is the max. Eleven right? is mi- is is the absolute max. And so we got
5: Woods, Crawford, Malik. I'm not going to go Taco yet. Um, D Law. D-Law, D-Law, That's four. Armstrong. Armstrong's Tr- five. Tristan Hill. Mm-hmm. Robert. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he doesn't don't count now. I have to get Robert Quinn right now. Okay. Um, Heider. Yep. What are we at? Seven. You get Christian Covington. Covington. Christian Covington. Okay, it's eight. Did you get in An- You got Antoine Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Taco. Yeah. Taco on there. And you then did. Did you say Hyder? No. Yeah. He yeah. Did, did Hider. So here, here it is. I got nine guys, mm-hmm. and I've got three, three players for two spots. If we go with eleven, and those three players, I think right now would be Joe Jackson, Daniel Wise, Jalen Jones. I'm glad you mentioned
3: Wise because that's who mm-hmm. I was gonna bring up next, which. I don't want to just completely rip off Brian's notebook. You should go read it on the website if you haven't. But um, he he was raving about Daniel Wise and Ricky Walker, too, for that matter. Ricky who, Walker. Ricky Walker is, you know, no offense to him. He is probably, like, the most forgotten man at this camp. Like, he's the, he's the last yeah. in line on the most loaded position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he made a good accounting of himself in the game. But Wise, to me, is is really interesting cuz it seems like he's got some juice as a three technique. They've put him on the edge a little bit out here, so he's got that position flex we love to talk so much about. And I thought he played position well. Flex. Somebody so. some yeah, <laughs> something
5: but something, you know, you've got three more, <laughs> more games. Something sure. probably going to happen and shake well, out.
3: I mean we I mean we, it couldn't have played out any more perfectly than it did with the receivers like John Vay all day and then he he had yeah. a terrible game like and you know it was Lance Lenore all over again he had two drops he did rebound he, he had some nice catches had after a nice the toe tap. but you know we go into the game like man how are they gonna there's so many amazing receivers yeah. and you come out of the game and you're like <laughs> just the o- kidding the only guy that played well is <laughs> concussed
5: like that's that's he doesn't where even we, know he That's where well. yeah
3: that's where we're at right
5: now <laughs> yeah we so. we say all this stuff and they're gonna claim a guy that gets cut and they'll, they'll have him right. as the fifth or sixth <laughs> receiver.
4: But that's also the thing. Like you start getting to those other guys and like we talked about earlier, like every team has one or two of those guys in their camp that they're like, I don't know how we, they got to keep this guy. You don't want to expose him. And yeah. everybody's got one of those young guys that's kind of flashing a little bit. I will His say leaders. though,
3: I do wonder. Like every year, there's a receiver and everybody's always concerned that he won't make it to the practice squad and he does, but. If you if you if you're flashing something as a pass rusher, I do think that's different. Like, I agree with you. You don't want to expose right. them. Right,
4: guys. it's the receivers that I'm talking about. Yeah. There. And yeah, when yeah. I say every team has one of them at the receiver position, I think every team has one or yes. two guys at camp that's like flashing. Every yeah. single team every. has
3: a receiver and a running back that they're like. I don't el- know how you get oh them oh into. My God. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but if Daniel Wise or Ricky Walker or Joe Jackson or Jalen Jalks, like if those guys keep this up and you really feel that type of way about him. it's not worth the risk to yep. expose them to the waiver wire. Yep.
2: Now let's go ahead and, and tap into the whole safety position, which is a position we on this show are known to talk about for several years. Now with the guys that Chris Richard has been training and coaching, who would be a guy that kind of stood out to you in that regard? Safety? Yeah, safety.
5: Don, mean, Donovan Wilson yeah, with the mm-hmm. pick. The obvious one, yeah. yeah.
2: Aside from him, anybody else?
5: You know, who's 23? What's, um, Darian, Darian Thompson. Thompson. Yeah. Darian Thompson and C.J. Goodwin, you know, those guys are interesting just because you know that their special teams play is what's, what's keeping them kind of around or keeping them on the forefront, I guess. Could that affect a guy like Kayvon Fraser? I think so. I, I, you know, I don't really know. He had a rough Kayvon couple of plays
4: there in a, in a row yeah. where he kind of got trucked a little bit, and one of them was a touchdown.
5: Um, and I don't know about Iloka too. I mean, I wouldn't know if you had if you had to pick it right now. Though you got to have a backup safety. Yeah, that's with some experience. That's an actual do safety. You, do you want Fraser? I think if if, it's if a K- good special teams guy too.
3: If Kayvon makes this team, and I want him to, it will be because he's a special teams ace core guy. Like yeah. Yeah. You're, I don't think you're keeping him with the expectation that he's gonna do a lot at safety for you. he's yep.
2: been declining, and it's like to me he has started fading away a little bit he he he's not doing much as he used to and then again he i guess last year he was hurt right like here and there he was always with a little something and earlier this camp didn't he have yeah something he came in he again? got he
3: had a knee procedure in the spring that was yeah. coming off of but i mean he's he's out there he's practicing
4: he, he is
2: just he is but it's just I don't know. It no, you don't notice him as much.
4: Well, he's at that point in his career, in my opinion, where he's got to be clearly better than the younger guy yeah. because it's at that point where it's like, okay, well, we can kind of keep getting what we're getting from him or we yeah. can go with a younger guy that can give us a similar production. But And so that that's what makes it harder for him as he keeps getting older it makes it harder for him just to be that guy. He's got to take that next step. You know? I
3: will say, you know, again, this coaching staff loves veterans who know what they're doing, though. You know, I mean, if if Keith O'Quinn feels like he can play all the teams and get his assignments right, and if he needs to, he can do some stuff on defense. That might be valuable to them. And you know, every team's got a, every team has a safety. On the roster, who like well, if he learns how to cover, we could have something yeah. here. So, but
4: they have other guys that are core special teams guys. Yeah. I mean, they know Heath is a good special teams player. Ola is a good special like they got other guys here that are good special teams players. Um, so, I don't know that that he's like no. their ace special no. teams guy. Right? It,
3: it would not surprise me if the roster crunch catches up with him, which yeah. would bum me out because I love him to death. It's a
4: great guy. Yeah. I just I, I I know that as you get older in the NFL, that's it's a yeah. young man's game. If you're not providing something significantly Let's better than the younger guy, take you a know? stop
3: to cons- take a moment to consider you're calling a 25 or 6-year-old old. old. <laughs> old. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the nature you know, of the NFL. I, I know. How
2: does that make you feel?
3: Uh, it's different. Really for us. we had to go no, there. Not huh? different for us. <laughs>
2: uh, See, I'm, I'm being nice now. I don't just oh, say I it i, I ask a question now i'm like how do you feel about that i like that how strategy that real, you feel? yeah i like
3: that strategy real which this is i guess this is my <laughs> fault because i started the show off by whining about the kicker which i don't regret but it's it seems harsh that we've gone this far into the show and nobody brought up blake jarwin
4: actually i he wanted to bring really, him up as
3: a guy that played mm-hmm. well he played really well he really and did I still, I, I really st- like him. I stand by my belief that he's going to have to work really hard to take snaps away from Jason Witten. I just, I got to see that to believe it. Yeah. But he looked nice, and he looks like a guy who could be really valuable in a scheme where the offensive coordinator knows how to use him.
4: The more I've thought about it, though, I don't know that he has to take him away from him because I think one thing I know about this thing, love—they love, love two tight ends.
3: Plenty like of 12 tight ends.
4: So he's going to get on the field a lot. And I, I what I'll be interested to see is. Sometimes when they're in 12 personnel, they'll keep one tight end back to to extra to have an extra blocker. I wonder how that transition works. Like, Jason, does it end up stay. being that Jason's <laughs> Jason, now staying stay a little bit more and Blake's going out? Like, let's keep an eye on that because – That'll be something that'll that'll be a tell. You won't see it in the number of snaps, but you will see it in the number of times that Blake's going out versus Whitten going out. And
3: I saw that, you know he it was a really first it was a really nice play action which yay play action that's exciting. Um, he he ran a crossing route and got behind the linebackers and it was a nice pickup. But the play that actually got me really excited was not even a catch. Um, he went down the seam and Cooper Rush missed him. I think they might have drawn a flag. Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush missed him down the seam but he was there and he made a nice effort to get try to get it and I was like yes send the athletic tight end 15 to 20 (laughs) yards down the field that's what we need to be doing Mm -hmm. uh so that it was exciting just to see that and I think he's capable of making plays like that he did it in the Giants game last year I'm I'm intrigued I'm very intrigued by Mr. Jarwin
2: Let's go ahead and take our final break. When we come back, we need to dive into the backup quarterback position. Cooper Rush do we? or Mike White. We kind yeah, of okay. right. do. Right. <laughs> do.
0: While a player can look good on paper, it's when he's out on the field that you really find out what he's made of. That's why the Cowboys rely on more than just stats and scouting reports when building their team.
1: Back to the break.
2: Welcome back. This is the final segment Welcome of the break, back. and unfortunately for Dave, we do have to talk about these backup quarterbacks. Hmm. Cooper Rush, Mike White, both got a pretty decent amount of plays in the game. Uh, let's just start off with the one that did better, Cooper Rush.
5: Yeah, I mean he uh, he did a nice job out there, and he you know threw a few uh, good balls around and. You know, I I thought he's he's uh he took a step forward because and it was two steps ahead because then Mike White took a huge step back. Right. So yeah, he, it, a lot of people were like m- sending me messages and saying, well, you know, looks like there's a roster spot. There there's two <laughs> quarterbacks. Cause that guy's not gonna make the team. Yeah. I tried to I tried to help Mike out
3: because, <laughs> from, well, from, from my perspective, <laughs> like open. I was sitting there, I was like, this guy doesn't have any time. Like he's getting killed. He's with the third team. Blah blah blah. It to me, you know, I'm not I'm not a guru. It, it didn't it didn't look like he had a lot to work with. So I go to Brian. I was like, you watched it back, I like. Yeah, I was like, like he didn't have time, right? He was like, "Oh no, Dave!" Like he, <laughs> he had all the time he needed. Like he, yeah. he, he won't throw the ball. I'm right. like, "Well, crap! All right, I don't have." You the know, it the takes a lot on, for
2: for Brian to be like, "Man, I was wrong about that guy. Yeah, right. no. <laughs> that was a guy." My, Brian might want. If you want to
3: hear somebody just go off on themselves, <laughs> like nobody hates Brian more than he hates himself when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. Like yeah. Joey Harrington was his guy. <laughs> That didn't yeah. work out. He had a third-round grade on Mike White, which hes we're not burying the guy yet, but not a great it's start to bring the season. Don't bring up the Memphis but I, but quarterback think, either. Oh, Paxton Lynch, oh, yeah. yeah, that he's was like, his was favorite. About that guy. He liked him more
4: than wins and it, gone. And even <laughs> when you talk about the fumble, like that's still on the quarterback. If he's going to sure. step up, oh, in yeah. that instance, I didn't think he necessarily needed to step up when he did. But even if he felt like he needed to, um, he's still gotta protect the ball. That's his responsibility to protect the ball when he's having to go through the line and, and he didn't. And so that regardless of what you think about whether he held the ball or should have got rid of it or had time or whatever, you still got a responsibility as a quarterback, hold on to the ball and he didn't.
3: Did you feel better do you feel better about Cooper Rush than you did on Saturday afternoon? Actually I do. I think I do too. Mm-hmm.
4: Actually I do. And I'm I'm interested to see I'd like to see you know, what I'd really like to see is I'd like to see him work with the ones in a preseason game for yeah. a little bit, just to see. Uh, What would he do if he were in a game and Dak goes down and he's got to play? I want to see what he looks like behind that line with those weapons. Can he still move them down the field? Um, Because that's really what the job is, is if the quarterback goes down, can you fill in as the backup quarterback? I haven't really seen anything that suggests me either one of them is necessarily ready for that, but I'd love to see it just so I can start getting an opinion.
5: That's what Parcells did for Romo. Remember, two thousand five, yeah. he he said, "All right, I'm just going to let this guy take the whole game." And then Bledsoe wasn't real happy about it. But I mean, I don't know if you would want to do that and get your offensive line. saw also the writing on the wall, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, <laughs> I mean, but, but but the difference there is that you're thinking maybe he's going to be a future. Right. and You're about to sign Dak to do all that. So, right. uh, I don't know if I uh, if it goes that for, you know far. I think you just have to see it when you yeah. see it when it's unfortunate. You know, if that happens where he has to go in the game. But yeah. I thought he did a pretty good job. This is
3: the question I've been asking myself and my goal for the week is to ask it to an important person off <laughs> off the record. Now, like I'm sorry, more important than you. Like, you know, VPs type of importance, like that type of stuff. But at what point there's like a there's a line here. At what point do, are your backup quarterbacks so bad <laughs> that a guy that has no familiarity with your scheme or anything is better. You know what I mean? Cuz when it comes when you when it comes down to it, they're going to say Cooper Rush or or Mike White whatever. This guy's been here for 2 years, he knows the offense, he knows Kellen, he knows Dak, he does this, he does that, he knows our calls, he knows our plays. Mm-hmm. So he's better. Like he might not be better, but it's a negligible difference. So how much better does somebody else's guy have to be to where you're like, "I don't care that he doesn't know anything about this team. Get him in here." And I don't know the answer to that. Like I have my doubts that a quarterback that will be made available at roster cuts is going to be that much of an improvement. I think because if he is, then he wouldn't be
5: available. Right. I think it comes down to uh, he has to come in and play. So I think the question of that is when that guy actually needs to come play. So are you going to just bring a guy in to be a backup quarterback? I don't know. But if he if you have, I think if Dak were to get hurt. I think that you then that's when you would say, all right, this guy's gonna come in here and play. We got to get him ready. Maybe Cooper Rush plays, but
4: at, at some point you have to. I think that's that's kind of been the mantra of the last year, maybe two. But I think at some point you got to get to a point where you're like, okay, we have a backup quarterback for a reason, and if he's here then he is that person that's going to play it's not going to be yeah. a well he's our guy that we're kind of getting huh. ready for that day it happens. but but at what point is he's like ready to be if, your backup well quarterback? your head
5: coach that's here has actually lived it so right. he was the backup quarterback until Troy got, really got hurt and then all of a sudden they, they had to go get someone else if Dak gets hurt it's going to be
3: 2015 all over again like they'll do it they'll do a trade for somebody or they'll convince Josh McCown to come out of retirement they'll him a nice salary but that or something. just to
4: me that begs the question then is he really a backup quarterback like, well what, no what you, he's, he's not a, a backup quarterback then.
3: Okay, and question he's, he's a I mean he is because he can do that stuff and he helps you practice and stuff but like I don't believe either one of these guys would be their answer if they needed him yeah. for a long time
2: you but mentioned
3: you, but I mean what are you what are you gonna do Get like, Romo <laughs> well,
4: get get the guy <laughs> that, that would be in get the guy that you think actually is going to be your backup be quarterback because, because it if it comes down to it I no. want that guy here as much time as possible. Who is that? But you're you're saying he's going to magically be available at the time I'm, that Dak. would What go I'm down. trying
3: to tell you in nice terms is that mm-hmm. they're screwed if the starter gets hurt. But right, they will. If it comes down to it, they will do something desperate to help themselves right. because, like, they don't need Josh McCown here right now. But if they don't have a quarterback, they will, and they'll say, "We'll give you ten million dollars to come try to bail us I guess out." That's my point.
4: Is so. If if you think that's the case, then. Get him here now, is my opinion. Why wouldn't you just? Why him would in now? Because you don't need him right you now. Don't need him right now. Okay. I, is it good? No, but like it's. There's he'll only. Be be- he'll be better if he's been here and he has to play. Than if you bring him in off the street and
3: he's got to. You're not gonna give a guy like that that kind of money just in case. Like not. I mean, like there are teams that pay their backup quarterback. Yeah, but that's a long-term plan, and you could make the argument they should have a better option, and they probably will next year. Like next year unless something crazy happens and Mike White becomes the savior or Cooper Rush for that matter. <laughs> so you
4: guys don't think you, do you guys think that Cooper Rush has the ability to get there? Like, do you think his trajectory will get him to the point where he is legitimately your backup and you feel like he is the guy that's going to lead you in the event your starter goes down? No, not really.
5: But because that's why
3: I'm saying. Then you're just spinning your wheels. What's the point? We're not, they're, they're not spinning the wheels. Like they, they don't have a way to upgrade that position right now. Short of like doing something crazy. You know what I mean? Like, you could try to draft another one next year or sign an undrafted free agent next year mm-hmm. like i
5: don't i don't know what you do about it right now and that's kind of my point i mean they did they, they drafted a quarterback in the 5th round that they thought was a, was a good quarterback that th- thought at this point he should definitely be better than cooper rush and it hasn't happened yeah yeah,
2: yeah.
3: So. so and it didn't work there's there's not a whole lot you can do about it right now I mean, like some quarterbacks will become available when camp is over but again like will they be drastic upgrades but i guess it would be interesting. Maybe they'll do a Kellen Moore type of thing. You know, Kellen Moore got here on the practice squad, if you'll remember. He was Linehan's guy. Like, maybe Kellen Moore likes somebody, and they'll bring in a
5: guy like, hey, maybe we can work with this guy and yeah. see but what he's got. It's not out of the realm no of possibility. No one's going to ever think Cooper Rush can do it until he has to do it. I right. mean, you're just not going to ever think that way. I don't think so. You guys, None of you guys think, think that way. But if he were to get hurt and he they're down by seven to the Eagles and he goes and drives them down and wins the game and then in overtime he goes and they win the game, we're going to be thinking completely different about this guy. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. <laughs> He's an exact so, example. Because yeah. yeah. we all
4: thought they were crazy when they said, we're just going to roll with him. It's like, really?
3: You yeah. going to do that? Jameel Showers is better than this guy. You're just yeah. going to roll with him? Yeah. Okay. I mean, everybody was saying, go
4: out and get somebody off yes. the street. Do not roll. And he they went with it and it worked. So, so yeah. Uh,
5: uh, that's just what it's going to take. but. Maybe that just doesn't happen. Maybe Dak just plays. I mean, Dak's yeah. I, Dak's built like a tank. He not to do anything, really, yeah. but he can throw. He
3: can run. He can catch. He did As catch. Yeah, he, he did, did catch. catch. <laughs> I was gonna say this. This isn't necessarily about the quarterback, but it's just something I've been mulling over since Saturday night. I haven't run numbers on it, but just anecdotally, having watched all of their preseason games for five years, like when you get into the second half of these games, and it's just backups playing street ball with each other basically like why it just seems like the cowboys are always like overmatched (laughs) like it seriously look like they get their butts kicked by the time third teams were in there it was like you did it it felt like that it happens all the time like it happened last year like it it is a normal thing for the cowboys to not score touchdowns in the preseason like that's just a thing that happens i feel like and i i wonder why like is the other team Scheming, Like, are they trying harder at scheming? And the Cowboys are kind of like, we just kind of want to see them in a natural environment. Because that's what Garrett always says. He just kind of wants to roll the ball out there. Maybe the other team is trying harder to scheme stuff up. Because we sit here all the time and talk about how deep this roster is. Well, it doesn't look very deep when the third stringers are just getting bullied. And that's – it looked – like, the third team offense – their first first down that wasn't a penalty came on that it was the final drive where they tried to go tie the game. Like that's when they got their first first down of the half. Were they trying to tie the game? Or we tried sure. to air quotes tie the game. We were, I think they would have. I think they would have kicked the extra point. If that would have been so awesome. That's that is peak preseason. You're like, well, we'd rather see our kicker try an extra point yeah.
5: than tie this game. He would be crucified with any decision that mm-hmm. he went. He'd be Jason if he would have tried to tie the game in overtime. You have to force overtime for preseason. But if he also just kicked it, and to, and how many people would say, you don't even care about winning. This guy just gave the, up a chance. The
3: vast majority of intelligent fans would say, good, get Maher some work kicking extra okay, and get but the heck out of But there. there are plenty of stupids, of course, there are plenty of stupids who would be like, yeah, you play to win the game. Ugh. Like the number of tweets I got on Saturday night that was like,
5: I know it's preseason, but –
3: Nope. I want to win, damn it! I'm like, <laughs> no. what? how are you? How do you matter. still feel it this ends, way?
5: It ends with but,
4: you know, yeah. no, I know. Yeah, it's
5: preseason. But, that's no, it. Stop! Pre-season. I know it's preseason.
4: Well, I will say this about the offensive line in particular: like they had some guys out there playing into the fourth quarter that were yeah, guys sure. that might be starting for this team uh, due to you know injuries or whatever. Yep. Like there are some guys out there that played that have started for this team in the past. Um, and I, you know, particularly Xavier Sulfilo. he had some, he had some tough moments out there in, the, in yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah. I personally was wondering whether he was, you know, really physically ready to play a full game. Like he basically played a full game out there. Um, but so if you're just talking about just talent level, there was Cowboys had talent level out there. They just for whatever reason in the fourth quarter looked like they were getting it getting I just, beat up a little bit. For
3: what for whatever reason in the fourth quarter of these preseason games, it often looks like the Cowboys are not playing football. Yeah. On offense specifically, like the defense, you know, I expect I expect growing pains from rookie DBs and stuff like that. But the off I'm just like, what's but going it, on? Is here? it also maybe the coordinator? And I, every team does
4: this, so it's not like the Cowboys are different. You think maybe it's about the fact that, particularly offensive line, these guys don't really play together. Like they're not, they haven't developed the chemistry of a line. And if you, mm-hmm. if you listen to people talk about football, mm-hmm. I mean, the offensive line is all about. Coordination, right? It's f- it's kind of working together
3: yeah. as five. The 49ers I mean, they didn't look amazing, but they were competently moving the ball downfield. That's yeah. and that's all right. Right. I said. Every for. team has
4: to do it. I'm just saying, yeah. like maybe for the Cowboys, maybe the fact that you know maybe there's something to that because like I said, I don't think it was the talent level. But you're right; it does feel like that. And, and you start getting into the second half I mean, in these preseason games, and the Cowboys just seem like, yeah, you know, it's just not a great
3: time for them in the preseason. It happens all the time. I mean, I think last year they lost 21. But all of those points came earlier in the game, and mm-hmm. the 49ers, remember like came back. Yeah, same thing. I think uh, when when they opened the Dak game in the Coliseum against the Rams, like the Cowboys ran up ten nothing in the first like five minutes, and then the Rams came back and won at the end because the Cowboys <laughs> didn't score after the first teamers got out of the game. It's yeah, just, it's curious. It's yeah. very. It's
2: uh, interesting because even me when I was watching the game, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, well. It's the third team for the Cowboys. I'm like, okay, wait a second. It, it is also the third team for the 49ers. <laughs> right. my like, old oh, crap, on.
3: For the record, I really don't care. I, I, right. It's preseason yeah. football, but, like, it is weird that it just kind of all falls apart when the third team goes in, like, all the time for this team. Mm. I don't know.
2: Now we have a few minutes left on the show. After watching this first preseason game, what is something that you're going to be keeping an eye on this week?
5: Brett Maher. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Maher. I uh-huh. think one of these receivers has to step up. I'm not I'm not sure the fifth and sixth guy is actually on this team right now. Really? No, nah, I mean, we, like Dave said. That's weird to say because we've mean, been Brown, talking about receivers for a while. You don't think Noah while. Brown's on this team? Well, He's the fifth Noah Brown, wouldn't you think? Okay. Yeah, I think Noah Brown's so on So maybe the team. maybe the sixth receiver's not yeah. on here, and maybe they, they don't keep six. I don't know. I've just been trying to do the roster here, and um, I thought I could get to 53, but I don't know if you need six wide receivers. I mean, I
4: kinda think that John V. Johnson and uh and Cedric Wilson are kind of battling for that sixth spot if they're gonna have a sixth spot.
3: I'm not I'm not trying to bury anybody after one game, but like, yeah, I, I had that thought too, Nick, where I was just like, I've been sitting here thinking about six receivers, like do they really need it? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. so but Gallup Cooper lot Favon. more lot more opportunities. I would like to have a sixth one because uh You know, is Tavon going to step in and really handle a big workload if somebody gets hurt? Is he going to be your inactive though? Whoever that six. Your sixth sixth receiver, probably. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and and, and every year we fret about it, and every year guys get through to the practice squad, and that'll probably happen.
5: There's no spot on this roster for three quarterbacks. Right. There's just not. There's too many positions you're having a hard time having to cut down. Right. Yeah. The only way you can get three quarterbacks, I think, is if, like we said, something happened to Dak. And then Cooper, and then and then you got to get – I mean, something happens, like, let's say, like four weeks or something. Yeah, and yeah, then short time. Yeah. Hmm. But, I mean, I, I'm going through the roster, and I'm trying to get 11. 11 defensive. It's t- tough. It is tough it's because tough. I'm just trying to go at nine defensive backs, and that, that's tough too. I don't know how you go nine defensive backs. The defense is
3: where it gets
5: hard. Cause Six you're like, linebackers? Yeah, but
3: they – well, now that Gifford's hurt, maybe, but they love their linebackers. Yeah. And I, I fully you know, we didn't, some we didn't talk about 44 I think I heard they like
2: seven linebackers.
3: Yeah. Justin Phillips
5: came in for Gifford and played really he nice. He played well. Yeah. He he was he's a guy they cut right before camp and mm-hmm. then when they they another guy what was it not Nate Hall who was the other guy they cut? Um well they released, released Dow, Andrew Dow and He got hurt Dowell brought him back Phillips and I thought he played real well. He was everywhere. We were like joking with Rob but, like you know Phillips on the tackle, Phillips on the play we're like I'd rob, you know, you're, you're playing great, but I say you got some bad back.
3: Yeah. <laughs> injury <laughs> really injury really does create opportunity. Yeah, it does. Like you can go, yeah, like they didn't even bring him to camp, and now maybe he's got a shot to be there f- while Gifford recovers. Yeah.
2: Well, the guys are walking out for their walkthrough. I think that's our cue to say goodbye to you Bye. guys listening. Thank you so much for, for tuning in. This – for what's-her-name, Nick Inman? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for Nick Inman, Derek Eagleton, David Hellman, mm. and Member Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com.
0: Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.
2: How about you, Cowboys?